welcome back to another episode of God Built This Podcast. I'm your host, Maxine, and we're on episode 180. Hello, hello, hello. Democrats are down bad. Down bad. To the point where I feel sorry. I feel sorry. I feel embarrassed. Just like everyone else, I have come across. I don't know if if everyone else has come across it, though, but I have... (laughs) I have been unfortunately um, made aware of Hunter Biden's escapades, to say the least. Like, I didn't see the pictures of his, like, full dingling, so I don't know what's going on. It seems like he could be packing, but that's not really an interest of mine um, (laughs) to look at. But I have seen the still shots of videos of him weighing crack and speaking with prostitutes, talking about the crack and about to crack their back. (laughs) You know, like, it's just, what I don't understand is, one, who's smoking crack? Like, and you're a white man? I mean, of course, you know, not all, you know, drug drug addiction, drug addiction, substance abuse, is non is not exclusive right but I just don't think in my head when I think of a white man struggling with drug abuse I think of meth I think of heroin I think of stuff like that like the heavier stuff I feel like I don't know I feel like crack is just yes it's still heavy but the way that is I guess it's the media's fault we always gotta blame the media because the way that the media portrays crackheads to the way that they portray meth heads or meth addicts, I see more examples of white people who are addicted to meth than I do black people. And I don't see too many examples of white people addicted to crack like I have seen black people addicted to crack. So it's just very, it's just so strange. Like, wow, that's your drug addiction, your drug addiction of, co- of, of, um, of your, you know, of your will, I guess. Like, uh, you know, I, I find it very strange that all of this is finally being revealed. I know for the past few years now, the conversation has been about Hunter Biden's laptop, Hunter Biden's laptop. And I just never understood why, why, why would we care? Like, why should we care about this man's laptop? I get it. He's the president's son, but it just didn't make, like, why is it such a big deal? And why do we even know about a laptop? Right. Um, But considering now that we have more information and, the laptop, well, his iCloud account has been leaked. I could understand why why his laptop was a big focus point and why the Dems decided to do their very best to make sure that his laptop was secured, at least secured well enough before, um, before uh, – Joe Biden was put into the, the place of, of presidency. So I, I feel like had this information been leaked prior to Biden being inaugurated, then he probably would not have gotten the votes that he's gotten. But then again, like it was rigged anyway. Sorry, sorry. And not to say that, I mean, technically if he was rigged, then Trump won, right? Like technically that's still the case. But I don't believe that this past election that granted Joe Biden to be the president, I don't believe that that was done in in um, in good faith. I don't believe that it was done fairly. I do think, and from a lot of research that I've done and a recent documentary that I watched, I, I forget the name, or I think it's like Watch the Ballots, but it talks of, it talked about um, just like false votes being put in and fake ballots being um, being put into place in favor for Joe Biden. And if things were done naturally, we saw already like while 
they were counting up the votes um, right at the point when it was determined who was the president. It was clear as day that Trump was leading. Trump was absolutely leading. And then suddenly overnight, we finally find out who won and Biden suddenly won. And it was just quite strange because mm, it didn't look like that from the beginning. It looked like Trump was not a look like it was Trump leading the race. And whether you wanted him in the office or not, that's what it was. Like people still wanted him in office. And I think the pandemic, the lockdown, the virus, COVID-19, like all of that definitely played against Donald Trump and it played in favor of Don of Joe Biden. And I just wonder if things weren't rigged, right? If, if the, the false ballots weren't put in place, if, if the if there wasn't this campaign to this very delicately planned campaign to make sure no vote goes to Trump and we got to get him out by all costs and, you know, vote blue, no matter who we have to get Trump out the office. If that was, if that campaign wasn't as strong as it was, or if it wasn't even a thing. And if Hunter Biden's laptop was leaked prior to his father being inaugurated prior to his father um, being voted in, I definitely do believe that Trump would have won, or at least someone else, a libertarian candidate would have won it, you know, at the very least, because, wow, these videos and pictures, alleged, okay, so I, now, I could say allegedly still, because who knows if, like, the still images that I saw are doctored, you know, like doctored up, like if, are they fake? Are they, you know, but I, as far as those, I think they're real actually, I really do. Um, as far as the videos though, the videos are real. Like they're real videos of him smoking crack and weighing crack and walking around just completely nude, dick out, and him jumping into the pool nude, about to fuck prostitutes, like literally prostitutes in the video. And like they're, I, you know what's interesting? Like we don't know if they're like, <laughs> they're not saying, oh, hi, I'm Tanya and I'm prostitute number one. Like they don't identify themselves as, like they didn't say that, at least not to my knowledge, but it's clear that they are. Um, and they're just together smoking crack. Like it's just a, a crack binge night. So, it's just disturbing, honestly. I think, um, like, you know, just being the compassionate person that I am, regardless if I uh, agree with how how um, Joe Biden is doing in in his in his uh, in his role as president, regardless if I think that he's doing a good job or not, I still feel compassion and sympathy for his son because. You know, like with any addiction, especially drug abuse, it's not easy to overcome. And also, just side note, I was looking into food addiction. I, don't, I didn't really look into it, but it came up in conversation. No, not in conversation. I was watching TV, and there was something that came up about food addiction. And it's one of those addictions that I didn't realize that it's hard to overcome. And I think sometimes, and I think this is also why fat phobia became a term now and why it's it's um forced upon us in a way to accept fat quote unquote but you know I don't like to say that but like you know fat bodies and you know you're being fat phobic why can't you know who are you to tell me what to eat yada 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 and ultimately though I think I think for the most part those who are telling people of a larger weight to, hey, maybe change your diet, maybe go work out, maybe, you know, change your lifestyle up to be healthier. I think it's coming from a good place, you know, but I didn't realize that food addiction is one of those addictions that, one, it's not easily believable. Like, people are not believed, people don't believe in it, right? It's like sex addiction. People don't believe that. And I, 
think both addictions are real and I had to learn that just from different things that I've been watching like oh I I didn't realize that it's a real thing now of course there are people who will use the term addiction to to excuse their just behavior right and they could easily stop they could easily get it right but they just use addiction as an excuse but I don't think it's always that case though I think with food addiction specifically you know we need food to to survive right we have to eat to live and right is it that you know that saying is it eat to live or live to eat you eat to live because what yes you eat to live because what you're eating is should be nourishing enough and should be healthy enough that it's allowing you to live a life you know, is allowing you to get up and go out and go after your goals and dreams and socialize and create meaningful relationships with people. But if you're eating in a way that's unhealthy, you won't have the energy to get up. Your body will be in pain. You'll be laying down a lot. Um, your your mind will be in shambles. It'll affect your hormones and you'll be depressed more. And all of that is affecting your livelihood and your will to live. So you should be eating to live and not allowing your food to take away your will to live. So with food addiction, you like you have to eat every day right it's one of those things where you can't just like not go without it's not like it's drug where it's like you don't have to take drugs every day to live or even though like sometimes with not drugs well alcohol at least like if you've reached a point in your life where it's it's be it's becoming or it's become a part of your everyday you have to go through a withdrawal system but you have to slowly but surely take away your body's dependency upon alcohol and that's not easy because then your mind believes that you have to drink alcohol to live and so that there's a whole treatment plan for that and I think also with like oh I know for sure definitely with opioids and similar drugs your mind like after you do it for so so long it's it's embedded into your everyday and now you're living a life that is dependent upon your drug use so even though technically you shouldn't right you shouldn't take drugs to live you shouldn't necessarily like you shouldn't have to do that but because you've created a lifestyle that has embedded drug use and alcohol abuse daily your mind has been conditioned to believe i need this to live so now with food addiction is not food is not unhealthy it's not necessarily a drug it's not something that's supposed to make you feel bad but if we abuse it right if we're not eating healthy if we're not taking care of ourselves if we're not being mindful of what we're putting into our bodies then it becomes something that is unhealthy and now you have to battle between well I gotta eat to live but I have to change the way I eat in order to live and I, but I have to eat every day like it's a whole conundrum so goddamn. <laughs> but you know again like I think about like like fat phobia and that I just hate that term honestly because it's like it gives people it's created this culture that excuses poor behavior and like people like to put fat phobia behind everything it's like what the fuck are you talking about no I'm not afraid of fat people I'm not and I'm, I'm taking it for, for the literal term that it is phobia means fear I'm not afraid of fat people and I'm not afraid of your appearance next to me. Like, like, it's just so ridiculous to me. But I think, you know, with the culture that we're in right now, you know, culture shifts and changes, you know, maybe five years from now, things will be different and the new thing will be the new conversation. But for now, and what has been the conversation for a little while now is fat phobia. And with fat phobia, it just creates this excuse for people to continue to just be, um, reckless with their food choices and then it it manifests itself in your body image 
And now, instead of, hey, recognizing your eating habits, you're then pointing the finger at someone who is trying to offer some advice or someone who's well who's well trained and who has the right credentials. There were these, um, I don't follow them anymore, but I used to follow them on Instagram. These white girls I used to follow. I, f- I still follow white girls on Instagram, <laughs> but these two white girls in particular, they're like thick white girls. They're not even fat though. Like it's weird. Like, you know, with, I think with white culture, they focus a lot on body image. Like it's, I never grew up that way. Like I, I don't, I never thought for one moment I'm fat when I'm not, you know, like I never felt like, oh my gosh, I'm eating too much. Did I gain five? Like I, I, what? Like (laughs) that's, that's never been in my psyche. And I thank God for that because that's really a mind fuck. I can only imagine like, oh my gosh, like you look in the mirror and you see something else instead of what you actually see. Or you're always like, you're counting calories and, and maybe I'm just blessed that way too, and that's no, 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 no shade, but like my DNA kind of helps with that too. Like my mom growing up, you know, after you get a get a couple of years down your your belt, and you're of a particular age, sometimes your metabolism goes away or it catches up with you. But my mom growing up, I remember growing up, my mom was of a slim figure as well, so. I just resulted back to just the DNA from her. <laughs> but, you know, so yes, maybe I'm speaking from a place of, of privilege. Maybe I am. But still, I just think that white culture, they put a lot of emphasis upon your body image and am I skinny enough? Um, is my stomach flat enough? Like, it's just very weird. I was watching um, Real Housewives of, well, ultimate girls trip and Kyle Richards was on the first season and I was watching the first season because I haven't watched it yet so I was catching up on that and Kyle revealed and I remember her revealing it on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills where she's usually on that's her original cast um she was talking about how growing up she experienced a lot of like body image issues and she was always the bigger one compared to her sisters and her family and her mother put this idea in her head that she was not thin enough and she could look slim enough and here's some diet pills and let's go to fat uh, fat camp or like stuff like that so Again, that's white culture. Her white mom did that. (laughs) But um, she, at her big age, I think she's in her 40s now, she is still struggling with that. And she's a thin woman. Like, she's not scary thin. It's not like she went overboard. But she had an eating disorder, she said, at some point in time in in her life. And now she seems to be at a good enough weight. But I remember she said specifically she weighs... 125 and she felt like that was too much and I'm thinking to myself like oh my god what am I fat (laughs) I know I don't have any body image but I don't I know I don't have any body image issues but my god like if you think 125 is too big but maybe maybe it's just too big for her but she's a grown adult like what are we talking about I believe I guess the last time I checked I think I was 131 or 135 like and I like my body like I like um the weight that I'm in and when I was like there was a point in time for like two or three years a couple years ago I was 121 I was 123 I was around that that weight and I was really skinny like it was not um something I I was like proud of like I was not happy with that weight and I was at the time I was experiencing an illness and you know we talked about that but that was a whole moment in time and I'm like oh my gosh I'm so skinny I was like I wasn't happy at all so that's the difference between white culture and black culture like what the fuck like why are you so skinny girl you better eat and I would I remember at the time <laughs> my elders around me will always like comment about my way like oh pas manger which means you haven't eaten or you don't eat in Haitian Creole and it's like I am eating. It's just my body is not holding the food in my stomach and I shit it out. Like, 
I was going through it at that point in time. And, you know, thank God that, you know, things have gotten better. But that's just the, that's the stark difference between white and black culture because, wow. Anyway, Hunter Biden is a crackhead. And I really am sorry that he's going through that. And I don't know how recent, like how, what's the timestamp of the videos? Like, I really wonder, was that like yesterday? Like, was it last month? Was it two years ago? You know, when were these videos filmed? When were these pictures taken? How, like, what is the timestamp? Because I really am curious. Because if at a point in time they were talking about Hunter Biden's um, laptop, they had to have known he may have some just insidious evidence there that will harm Joe Biden's chances of being president. So maybe these photos and videos are a result of maybe 20, whatever he came into office, was it 2016? So like maybe around that time. But y'all, I am ready to let the Democratic know y'all are down bad and it's just you know, not just the Hunter Biden. Let's go ahead and play this clip of Kamala Harris um, in this interview talking to somebody. And there's a point in time where the interviewer, he, she, he asked her, um, did the Democrats fail for not codifying Roe versus Wade over the past five decades. And I had to look up that word real quick. So let me go ahead and look it up again. Again. Codify. So basically it means arrange laws or rules into a systematic code. And I guess he's saying, like, since the Democratic Party is upset that Roe versus Wade was overturned or is overturned. Now, you know, I actually heard some recent news that Biden signed an executive order that will overturn the overturn of Roe versus, like, what? Which one is it? Like, who really is in charge? Is it the Supreme Court or is it Biden? Like, I don't know what to believe at this point, but I'm going to go with the fact that Roe versus Wade was overturned officially by the Supreme Court, and whatever executive little order that Biden signed, it doesn't mean much. Like, I think... I don't know. It's just very confusing. Anyway, so the question basically is meaning that, hey, aren't you upset or can't you recognize that the Democratic Party failed in not ensuring that Roe versus Wade is is protected and that it can't ever be overturned? So that's what he's asking her. And I'm going to go ahead and play this clip of her explaining... Um, of her answering this question. Let's just start right at this point. Did Democrats fail past Democratic presidents, congressional leaders, to not codify Roe v. Wade over the past five decades? I think that, to be very honest with you, I, I do believe that we should have rightly believed, but we certainly believe that certain issues are just settled. Certain issues are just settled. Clearly we're not. No, that's right, and that's why I do believe that we are living, sadly, in um, real unsettled times. <laughs> what is going on today? What was that? Certain issues are just settled. Okay, so he says, but they were not, though. Like, this issue wasn't settled. Yeah, and um, that just shows that we're living in unsettled times. What the fuck are we talking Is this word salad? Is there arugula in the salad? Huh? Did I ask for tomatoes in my salad? What are you talking about, Kamala? Oh, my God. And I think the, uh, like, the way that she's, like, nodding her head and moving her neck as if she made a, a, a poignant point I'm just so amazed at the wordplay, and it's beyond me that you made no sense here. You made no sense. And, you know, that is a fair question to ask. You know, for so long, Roe versus Wade was what it was, right? It was certain issues are just settled, right? It was. It seemed like it was settled for as long as it was, like, um, 
there wasn't any thing successful that allowed it to be overturned many years ago. So for as long as it was, Roe versus Wade was in place until now, until now where um, when the Supreme Court finally overturned it. So her, I, I just th- her response was just so asinine to me. I just cannot even grasp the level of like vocab that she's using and just it doesn't make any sense it doesn't make any sense and this is this is the democratic party um there was a poll released not too long ago probably a couple days ago and people are not in favor of joe biden running again and he had a low percentage and um (laughs) it's it's looking bad it's looking bad now who I don't know who's going to I don't know if Trump's gonna run. People are trying to say that he is and that he will win. Um, DeSantis is another candidate that may run, and I think he's doing a great job so far in Florida. So that may be an option. And I I like that he's a younger man, right? Like I like that he's not in his fucking seventies. Like I think we need to just move away from getting old motherfuckers in office it's not to be ageist it's really not it's just look the way joe biden is right now and look i don't like to like knock him down even further like he's just not aging um he's not aging in a way that is effective for his job right i can't say he's not aging well because he's in his 70s this is actually befitting to his age him slurring his words, him not being quick-witted, him not recognizing where he is right where he is in it. Like, that is actually befitting to his age. He's actually doing pretty fine, you know, if you want to keep it in that context. But the fact is, he is the president of the United States. Therefore, you need to be well competent. You need to be... um, your mind needs to be in a strong place. You need to be well-equipped to be able to support and execute strong leadership. Like, it's, it, that's not, that shouldn't be negotiable. Like, it shouldn't be a thing. And unfortunately, when you're at that particular age, you're more susceptible to show signs of dementia, of just, just like, just poor mental headspace. And I think we're just seeing that with him. And I think I just think he doesn't need to take a nap. Just like take a nap, go for a walk, spend time with your grandchildren. You know, <laughs> I'm about to say a joke, but I'm not even gonna say it. But spend time with your grandchildren and just keep it keep it at that. But to be in the president office and look, and people like to compare the two, like him and Trump. Trump is in Trump is actually a year or two older than Biden, I believe. And let me just make sure. And he's not, you know, they're not obviously in that same headspace. Like, it seems like Trump is a bit better, um, just well off. Um, He's not slurring his words. He's not looking crazy. And that is a strong difference between the two. But to, to be very honest, I don't really feel comfortable. I don't feel comfortable. I just I don't really care to have another 70 year ish president in the office. Like, let's move forward here on out with a young president, with someone who is in their 50s, 40s, 60s is fine as well. But at this point, 70s is just it's going to be a no for me, dog. So let's let me write down how old age how old is Ron DeSantis he's 43 perfect age because when Biden not Biden well when Biden ran with um Obama but anyway when Obama ran he was in his 40s and you know he definitely aged right the eight years that he spent there he looks definitely like he aged but either way I think it's better to have someone in a younger age range and again it's not to be ageist but you have to recognize there are certain jobs that are not fitted 
for a 70 year old who is already showing signs of dementia, you know, and he's in the age range in which that is sometimes normal. So this is not a thing that should be of a surprise, nonetheless. And I don't feel like I mean, I think what we're doing right now, as far as the some media outlets, I do recognize that a lot of them are really focusing on his seemingly incompetence and Biden's incompetence and um, showing examples of how it's not how it's not working. And I think that's necessary to 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 point out, considering that you want to implant this in the minds of Americans. So when it's time to elect a new president we have that in mind and we're thinking okay well i watched a lot of examples and evidence that shows that show biden to not be as competent as a president should therefore he doesn't get my vote right i think that needs to be said and i'm happy that there are media outlets pointing that out very clearly but i i'm just not of the of the bandwagon to kind of shoot him down. Like, I guess I'm feeling sentimental today. What's going on? I'm a little bitch. No, um, I don't know. I just, I just see him as an old man now. Like, I just look at everything. I just feel like he's looking like an old man. And I just feel sorry. I really just feel sorry for how he is looking. Like, he's looking bad. The whole Democratic Party is down bad is down bad. I'm going to play the clip of Joe Biden saying, repeat the line, because my God today. Let's see if I can find that. But no, okay. <laughs> I wrote Joe Biden in, there we go, I found it. Let's go ahead. It is noteworthy that the percentage of women who register to vote and cast a ballot is consistently higher than the percentage of the men who do so. End of quote. Repeat the line. Women are... <laughs> Repeat the line and end of quote. Okay. Someone, some leftist was saying how he didn't say repeat the line. He said, let me repeat the line. Like, girl, shut up. No, he did not. Do, let me go ahead and play it again. In case you even was believing that BS. It is noteworthy that the percentage of women who register to vote and cast a ballot is consistently higher than the percentage of the men who do so. End of quote. Repeat the line. Women are not without electoral... He didn't say that, okay? He didn't say, let me repeat the line. And if I continue the video, you'll hear that... Like, let's even... Let's play with that. Let's play with that idea. If he said, let me repeat the line, the next line, he didn't do it. The next line, he moved on to a whole new sentence. So what? you didn't even do it. You didn't repeat the line. So what are we talking about? So it just doesn't make any sense. And it's like you're pissing in my face. Your dick is in my face and you're peeing right in my eye socket. It's, it, it's disrespectful. You're disrespecting me at this point. And again, I'm not trying to shoot. Like, he's an old man. I want to just give him a cookie. I just feel like something, I don't know. I don't know. Is it at the end of the four years of his time? Like, is it done? Because my God today, talking about, oh, he said, now let me repeat the line. No, he did not, nigga. No, the fuck he didn't. Um, okay, so, yeah, and this is other video of literally Hunter Biden. First of all, if you are smoking, well, he definitely is smoking crack. I'm watching this video right now. This is a video of him in this deprivation tank. I don't know what that is. It's, I think it's like a spa like it's filled with water. It's just I don't know. I don't know where you get that. Is it at Lifetime Fitness? I don't know. <laughs> but there's this video of Hunter Biden in this tank that's halfway filled with water. He's drinking um like a hard tea and he's smoking crack. Literally smoking crack. And he's butt naked fondling himself well like kind of you know playing around with his dick not like fully jacking him off but just doing all that and what's strange it's just so weird something's up something's a little fishy because why are you filming this hello is the mic on 
why are you filming this? Like, why do you need to put this on video? And granted, I'm sure he wasn't on Instagram Live in 2014 doing this, right? Maybe he just filmed it in his personal video where he only sees himself and it's not shared with anyone else. But then I still ask the same question. Why are you filming this? Like, what is the point? Like, why? I just don't Some things you don't need to show, right? I just, I don't know. I don't know. I really don't know. I really don't know. It's just down bad, down bad. Okay, so there has been this strange conversation happening on Twitter as of late, and it includes people saying that Anne Frank had white privilege. Oh, my gosh. I wrote down – I thought I wrote down privilege in my notes, and I wrote down provolone. (laughs) And Frank had white provolone, right? Provolone cheese, right? That's a cheese, right? That's hilarious. And Frank had propane. <laughs> Everything but white privilege. You know, um, this is such a dumbass. Uh, I just hate these dumbass takes that some people make. I just, what? Did, were you bored one day and decided to go on Twitter? So a leftist decided to say this on Twitter. And what this person said verbatim, let me go ahead and, I don't know. Someone tweeted that Anne Frank had white privilege. And they're calling her a colonizer. Oh, there we go. Here's a tweet. Hold on. I want to make sure I say this carefully. And I think this is, the image of the person is this Asian person. And this is definitely giving bot. This is probably a Russian bot to spark these type of conversations. But let's go ahead and have it anyway. So the tweet says, hold on. I want to make sure I say this carefully. Yeah, Anne Frank had white privilege. Bad things happen to people with white privilege also. But don't tell the whites that. Okay, what? What are you talking about? Um, And it sparks up the conversation that Yes, she was a victim of Nazi Germany, and she died at one of the camps, and, you know, she just was one of the Jews who who got killed. Some people are trying to say, like, oh, well, she's still considered white. I think this is a larger conversation, like, she had white skin, right? Like, if you want to be literal, she has white skin, but she's Jewish. And at that time, Hitler wasn't like, oh, let's save all the whites, right? All the white-skinned people. No. Regardless if you were white or not, he was pointing out anyone that didn't favor his his box of of beauty of acceptance so if you were though you are white skinned you are jewish or you came from a particular jewish area um jewish populated area therefore you're going to be a target for hitler also black people were targets also people who are disabled or were disabled at the time um, were targets people who were homosexual or demonstrated any signs of homosexuality they were targets as well and that wasn't really the focus honestly like I learned that years later from learning about the holocaust that Hitler didn't just target Jewish people but I guess the majority of it focused on Jewish people so that's why the conversation is more focused on that but yeah, he targeted a lot of people that were not Aryan, you know, white, collar, you know, blue hair, I mean, blue eyes, white hair type of person. So, this, like, the white privilege argument, white privilege just became a term not too long ago, okay? It was not a thing that was said during Nazi Germany time, in America at least. Like, it wasn't a term said until the last 10 years. So now we're at a point where we're going a little bit too far. (laughs) 
the the pendulum has swung and it has swung all the way down the field. It's gone missing. Somebody get the pendulum. It's missing. You need to get it before it gets you. Because what are, what are y'all saying? What are what are left people saying? Like there's no room to even have that conversation that oh Anne Frank is she had white privilege. There's no room for that. She was a child who was Jewish. Therefore she was a target. She had no privilege in that moment. She had no um this one needs to cancel her. Like I just I'm reading this article that talks about just this whole freaking debate. It's just really strange. Um let me go ahead and read this quote by the by the Jerusalem Post. The debate about Anne Frank allegedly spawned out of a series of convoluted, unrelated arguments on Twitter over the course of months, according to one Twitter user, starting with sexual stereotypes about white women. This reportedly devolved into accusations of racism and discussions on racial identity. Okay. Um, in 2020, Time Magazine claimed that disability rights advocate Helen Keller was just another privileged white person. Let me go ahead and read that. So, Helen Keller. <laughs> this is so dumb. What? Pero, like, what? Um, so, deaf and blind Helen Keller has been belittled as just another privileged white person in Time Magazine. Oh, my gosh. Again, the pendulum has struck, and it has swung. It has hit. It is gone. It's off the ledge. Y'all niggas are down bad, Democrats. Like, this is ridiculous. A dead, not dead. Well, she's dead now, but a deaf and blind person. Who just, yeah, sure, she's a white person. Oh, she has white privilege? Like, can we stop? Can we stop? I'm just so tired. It's just lazy. It's fucking lazy. There's a show that I watched called Southern Charm on Bravo. And it was initially a show with only white people on as cast members. And it's based off of Southern, no, South Carolina. And um, a lot of these, basically all of them, come from money. Whether it's all really slave money, if you really want to keep it a bean. If you want to be frank about it. If you want to be and frank about it. (laughs) Let me stop. Um, But, yeah, they all come from money. Some of them have, some of them may have current jobs, right? But there's a few cast members who just, (laughs) they don't have a job. Like, they don't have like a career of their own they're not like businessmen they're just they just happen to live in a house that they that they own or maybe it's under their parents name but essentially they own it and they're living pretty well and they're just going about life it's just a you know another one of those reality shows and just recently they started adding uh, some flavor some flavor in in the cast now I'm not one of those people who is like, why aren't there black people in this show? I, maybe I'm a white girl underneath it all at this point because the way I talk about white people <laughs> and what I watch. <laughs> uh, but it's the media. There's not. <clears throat> when I was growing up, there wasn't a lot of shows catered to me. Like, there weren't, like... Like, yes, I watch Living Single. I watch a different... Like, I, I love a lot of those black shows as well. But, like, the reality shows that I grew up on, there weren't a lot of black... Pre- well, predominantly black or any black people in reality shows when I was growing up. Aside from, like, Flavor Love and all that bullshit, <laughs> I used to watch Laguna Beach like nobody's business. I, I think it came on Thursday or Monday nights. Every... Every week, 
I would tune in. I would be glued to the TV watching these white people live on a beach talking about high school shit. And I was suckered into it every week, every season. And then once the once Laguna Beach was done, the hills came on and I was suckered into like I grew up on these types of shows. So and I, it just what it just was what it was. Not once was I thinking, oh, I wish I could see myself in one. Like I, I just didn't think like that. I just enjoyed the show for what it was. Like it wasn't a thing where I was sad because I, I don't see a representation of myself there. Like I just didn't. I'm just enjoying the fucking show. Like I wasn't thinking of like a social justice warrior type of moment. Anyway, um, the show now Southern Charm has a few diverse cast members and what I mean by diverse there's one black girl on the show who apparently grew or went to the same high school with another cast member so it seems like a genuine uh like understanding as to why she's on the show she knows a connection right she has a friend quote unquote a friend enough and there's this other woman I think she's she's Iranian actually yeah she's Iranian she's married to a black man and she's friends with one or two people on the show. But she's not, like, she's not really, they didn't grow up together. Like, they weren't, it's not like a close friendship. She just was literally added just to make sure, hey, look, we're adding diversity here. And this is why the show shouldn't be canceled. Like, and this came about right around the time of George Floyd and, just speaking up about shows that may not be um, black enough. So Bravo decided to add some members, some cast members who could fit their diversity quota. So anyway, these two girls are on the show. And their sole job, honestly, and they probably were told this is their job, their sole job is to point out racism. It's to point out racism. Like, hey, this is racist. <laughs> hey, that's racist. That's racially insensitive. Yada, yada, yada. And then it became a show, that season at least, became a show focused on who's racist, who's more racist, who's not. It just became very ridiculous. And I just was so turned off by it. Like, I wasn't, like, excited to suddenly see this diversity friend on the show, this quota fulfilled on the show, it just felt disingenuous to me. That's the thing. Like, look, you could have a black girl on the show, just one black girl out of <laughs> 10 white people. That's weird. But, hey, you know, it's real. Sure, you know, there are plenty of black girls and black men who are f the only black person in their friend group. That is a real thing. But I just wanted to be a genuine thing. And when it started off like this, you know, it was only white cast members. And then it led to having one or two diversity cast members <laughs> fulfill for their quota, for their quota. And I just think there's a way to add diversity to an all-white show without making it seem like white people are evil and white people are racist and there's no white person who's not racist. I just don't feel like these conversations are productive. They're not productive. Not every white person is racist. Not every white person um, hate, secretly hates you and wants you to rot in hell and wants to lynch your ass. Like, it's not a thing that is actually true now of course there are plenty I don't even know plenty is even the right word for it but yes there are some white people who are racist who come from um just a very dark history and maybe their great-great-grandfather owned a slave and sure I I'm not denying that I just think right now in 2022 having these conversations or just these like labels immediately immediately painted on white people as if they're the devil as if they're all racist what where does that go where does it go right like this whole 
check your privilege or your white fragility is showing. And look, again, there are plenty of white fragile people. Like I work with a lot of them in my early earlier years of my previous career, but I just still to this day don't feel like these types of conversation or just this mindset, it's really a mindset that's been put upon us to, to have and to adopt this mindset of thinking all white people are demons and racist is just not at all. One is not true. And two is not effective. It's just ridiculous. So deaf and blind Helen Keller <laughs> was belittled as just another privileged white person in time magazine. Let's see if I could find what is what what is it that they're saying? Um the article titled Co-founding the ACLU Fighting for Labor Rights and Other Helen Keller Accomplishments um students don't learn in school highlighted Keller's many accomplishments but also included a belittling denigration of Keller. The quote, oh here's the quote. Um, however, to some black disability right activists like Anita Cameron, Helen Keller is not radical at all. Just another, despite disabilities, privileged white person. And yet, another example of history telling the story of privileged white Americans. Okay. Okay. So, this is a quote. So, that's the quote from the article that paints that narrative now here's with that i think yes of course we know that white people had a great head start in comparison to many black americans in america and that great start speaks to why there are white young people today in their 20s 30s walking around with no jobs, going to coffee shops, and is able to live a very comfortable, luxurious lifestyle, <laughs> and they're unemployed. They're able to do so because they have an inheritance, right? They have a grandmother who left them an inheritance, and they have access to it, and they're living off of that inheritance, or they have equity on different properties and different lands and that is because of the access to home ownership that white people had way before black people were afforded the opportunity to so yes that definitely was and is a privilege that white people do have i like yes i think all that is true but that is just it's redundant, right? Like, it's not, it's nothing new. You didn't say anything new with this quote, right? Like, obviously. Now, uh, and look, maybe maybe Helen Keller is one of the white people who didn't come from that, right? You know, I don't think all white people, um, I don't think all white people had an inheritance, right? Maybe they, maybe their great-great-grandparents didn't leave them shit, right? Maybe they didn't have the access to have um, home ownership. You know, there's a lot of white trailer trash white people, but they still think they're better than black, so that's a thing. The point is, I just feel like this this argument or this quote was just unnecessary, and um, to not recognize that, okay, yeah, sure, she's a white woman. Sure, she may have come from an inheritance, and may have come from a leap that black people didn't have access to or many black people didn't have access to. But she was still deaf and blind, right? Like, she still had struggles nonetheless, and she still had obstacles that she had to overcome, and yet she did, and she made a name for herself in her blind and deafness. Like, it still was a difficulty for for her to, uh, like, um, overcome. And I don't know. I guess what I'm trying to say is that white privilege is real. I'm not saying it's not. White privilege is a real thing, and I recognize that. Also, having using this term left and right 
I just don't find it to be productive. I really do. I just don't feel like it's moving anything forward. Okay, you recognize my white privilege. All right, so now what? I'm still going to have that privilege, right? Am I going to give that up? Or am I like, I don't expect white people to suddenly give me the spoon that I've been wanting. Instead, I'm going to focus on how can I create a life for myself that can't afford me what I want for myself, right? I'm not going to then only focus on, well, you got a head start first. And I get the argument. It's real. It's real. I get it. I get it. I get it but it's not productive, you know? So I think instead of putting your energy on the reality and the truth that white privilege exists and it is real and here's how it manifests itself. Okay, well, how can you work hard and figure out ways to overcome obstacles in your life? How can you focus on you? You know, what other jobs can you obtain? What other degrees can you obtain? What other opportunities can you create or get into for yourself like I think about my upbringing and the fact that my father emigrating from Haiti and yet making a life for himself here in America in Boston and figuring it out like he figured it out he owned his his home and he has cars and he has his you know a career of 30 35 years like he created something for himself. He didn't spend time talking about, oh, the white man this, the white man that. It's not productive. That's the point. And I think when we get to a point in our conversation and we just we talk about white privilege, we reach a standstill. We're stalled. We're halted. We're, we're stopped. Because, okay, what do I do with that information now? I, I can't do anything with that. I can't change the fact that they had a 400-year head start. I can't change that. But what I can change is my life, and here's the ways that I can do that. Here are some steps that I can take. Here are some relationships that I can create. Here are some opportunities that I can create. You know, what can I do for myself? And what are things that I can focus on to create the life for myself? I can't live my life so fixated on what I don't have and how I didn't get this and you know I didn't get raised with a silver spoon in my mouth and I didn't have this access point to home ownership as quickly as my my counterparts my white counterparts it it just doesn't it's not productive and I like to talk solutions I'm solution-oriented through and through. I like to have answers. I like to find answers if I don't know them. Okay? So why privilege this? (laughs) Why privilege this? Yeah. Okay. We talk about the crack. We talk about (laughs) Democrats down bad. Okay. Macy Gray. Oh, Lord. Macy Gray. What the fuck? She obviously has an album coming out. I don't know. I don't really care for her music anyway. Only song I know of hers is I Try to Say Goodbye. Like, I never really liked her, though. I just thought she was just weird looking and just kind of off. Like, something was, felt like she was always a little mentally off. Like, okay, okay, girl. I didn't really like her voice like that. That song is just catchy. It's the only song I know of hers. I really don't know anything else. Maybe if I heard another song of hers that probably was popular at that time, it'll ring something in my mind. But, that's literally the only song I remember of hers. Anyway, so a couple of weeks ago, she's talking about, she's talking to Pierce Morgan saying how not, you know, you can't just change your body part and become a woman. She said verbatim to him. Let me see if I can find that quote. Oh, she said, daring to define a human being during interview Pierce Morgan. Anyway, so she made it very clear when she was in that interview with Pierce Morgan that um, you can't just have surgery and become a woman. Um, and she was very like clear on that that it's not you can't just like decide you're a woman one day. No, you are a woman is an adult female with with boobs and a vagina and 
you know, uterus and all that. So she was saying that very, I can't find the exact quote, but that's basically what she said to Pierce Morgan. Literally a day, I don't think it was a day, but it was like two days. It was before the week ended. Okay, she goes on to Hoda's show on NBC talking about um, being a woman is a vibe. A vibe, y'all. Being a woman is a vibe. Okay, what are we talking about? If you, I'm going to go ahead and play it real quick. You know what, I, I think you, you, you can, like I said in there, you can call yourself, what, like you, you whoever you believe you are. And, and no one can dictate that for you or take that away from you, you know? I think life is an education process. The more you sit yeah. with people, the more you talk to people, it changes your perspective. So has, has your perspective changed, do you feel? I've, I've learned so much, and I, and I think, um, you know, being a woman is a vibe, and it's something I'm, I'm very proud of. And it's, it's very precious to me, and, and I, I think that if you in your heart feel that that's what you are, then that's what you are, regardless of what anybody says or thinks. You know what I'm saying? Okay. No, I don't. I don't. I don't know what you're saying. I know what you said was basically a crock of shit. And you're cowtailing to this mob, this invisible mob, that is pressuring you and that obviously has one to make sure that you say what they want you to say. Being a woman is not a vibe. It's not a vibe. It's not a feel in the room. I'm not in the right essence. Ooh, let's take this essence. No, being a woman has nothing to do with any of that. You said it correctly the first time on Pierce Morgan, and now you want to put your tail between your legs and talk about you notice in the beginning of her quote she's like stuttering she could barely get a sentence out she didn't know what she was trying to say herself and that shows that really proves how pressured she was and uncomfortable she was to speak that speech and it really just really speaks to just the cowardness that some people, a lot of people have when it comes to these topics. Instead of standing in your own two feet, right, knowing that this mob, whoever they are, ain't got shit on you. Like, really, I want you to stand on on your roots. Stand like a tree. You know, don't let anyone intimidate you into not speaking truth. And that's what it is. Like, you have people forcing you to say something that isn't true just to fit their agenda. And I just find it very disappointing. Again, I never really, not like I didn't like Macy Gray for a personal reason or she didn't say anything at one point that I disagreed with years ago. I just never really vibe with her music and just her essence. I just didn't really vibe with it. And now to see her do this is just, it really is disappointing. I just find it to be very cowardly and is quite embarrassing for her to be a woman and do this, right? So here go Matt Walsh, you know, the, the creator of the documentary, What is a Woman? Check that out if you haven't yet. He says on Twitter, sorry, but women who publicly renounce the definition of woman for fear of mean comments from trans activists deserve all the scorn they get. That kind of gutless cowardice is exactly what got us into this position in the first place. And he's absolutely right. He is absolutely right. Because what I find to be just very just very strange is that again there's this pressure to put on this facade and play this fictitious game that the trans the trans community want us to play and if you're not quick to play that game or if you object then you're gonna be just put in a position to to lie to lie and speak their quote-unquote truth when it's not true at all it's, it's stupid it's cowardly and the last part of his quote when he says 
this type of gutless cowardice is what got us into this position in the first place. And that's absolutely true. You know, think about Leah Thompson, you know, that the boy, the young man who identifies as a woman and participated in the female swim sport or swim competition and won. Like, (laughs) I just feel like this is – okay, sorry. I just got a text. Adobe – uh reader what the fuck i signed i don't remember even doing it i'm gonna call back and and really cuss them out real quick because i'm so sick of these damn email not emails like calls apparently when you um do the whole seven day trial or whatever however long it was they're like very persistent upon making sure that i sign up for it and just really be this member of Adobe. I'm not interested. Not right now. They're talking about this is the second email, second phone call I got from this person talking about, hi, I'm so and so from Adobe. I'm reaching out about your I can't really read it though, because it's like, you know how a voicemail transcribes to text? So there's a word that's in um question mark. Um, hoping to help you with your evaluation of it. I, no, I don't need it. Help. I don't want, I don't want it. Fuck. <laughs> anyway, so Matt Walsh is absolutely correct. Like if it wasn't like, I think about all the women who were too afraid to speak up as Leah Thompson's um, swim partner and were afraid to speak up because they were going to get shunned or they may have they may get disqualified because they're just they weren't willing to acquiesce but they eventually did acquiesce and this is what led to Leah Thompson winning first place and even swimming with them it's ridiculous like you have to speak up dog like what are we talking about what is this man going no no Or have your own trans swimming competition. Because this is ridiculous. Like, you're erasing women. Real women. You're erasing them. So, anyway. Macy Gray is whack. And that's that, y'all. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate every listen. Make sure you are subscribed on whatever platform you're listening to this episode on. Make sure you have also left me a positive review. Five stars on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor. Tell a friend to tell a friend. And if you would like to support this podcast, that is greatly, greatly appreciated and encouraged. (laughs) So check the link in the show notes for a donation that you would like to make. You could click that link. Or you could be a Patreon member where you get exclusive content access. So thank you again for listening, and I will check in with you guys next time. Peace. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of God Built This Podcast with your host, Maxine. Be sure to leave a review, give me five stars, and of course, subscribe. Also, follow God Built This Podcast on Instagram at God Built This Pod. God bless.